Welcome to another episode of Kraken, a podcast where we crack the code to the you inside of you by exploring various authentic social perspectives surrounding intricate and multifaceted topics. Today, we are fortunate to have Dr. John Hodge join us. Dr. Hodge has over 30 years of experience in education and is a nationally recognized consultant. During his career, Dr. Hodge has provided training and support to educators in over 300 rural, urban, and suburban school districts that serve over a million students in the United States, Canada, and South America. His work and expertise are particularly focused on the areas of leadership, student achievement, equity, student resilience, poverty, and high academic achievement despite the presence of risk factors. Dr. Hodge has helped educators in elementary, middle, and high schools make the necessary changes to help all children meet and exceed rigorous academic standards. He is known as a master teacher and staff developer. Dr. Hodge's career has been defined by assisting students and teachers overcome obstacles and achieve goals. He has also served as an inspirational speaker throughout the United States. Dr. John Hodge is truly one of America's most respected voices in education. Dr. Hodge, welcome. Thank you very much. I would like to dive right in as there are so many different discussions about school data, what data is essential, and best methods to collect the data. I'd like to gauge your thoughts when discussing not only the importance of collecting data, but also understanding teacher and student perceptions and why that's important. Sure. Well, uh, Rodney, as you know, uh, I work with a company called Urban Learning and Leadership Center, and we are a staff development and training organization housed in Hampton, Virginia. And we work primarily in the school improvement space. Um, Every state in the U.S. has a a battery of assessments that kids have to take between kindergarten and 12th grade. And from the data, from their performance, schools, public schools are given ratings. Some of those ratings are from A through F, or some are commendable to warning status. It just depends on the the state. We could absolutely not do our jobs without having data. We would not know how to address the needs of schools, the needs of teachers, the needs of students. So the collection of data is uh, essential to our company's uh, livelihood. This is how we do our business. So um, it's very important to us. Would you say that it's always been more fluid for you to have numerical data and data sets, or has, has, have you found any other method that may work better? Oh, yes. Primarily uh, in, in uh, schools, we live in a quantitative world. So um, everyone wants to know how students have performed in English language arts, math, science, social studies, your AP courses, et cetera. Um, what we found, though, is that in addition to uh, some of your quantitative uh, achievement uh, scores, well, they are very, very important. Um, we also collect data via focus groups and anonymous surveys because we really want to um, give teachers and students a voice in articulating the current status of a school. What what I think this allows us or gives us, uh, in addition to the the numerical, the quantitative information, is context. Like, how does it feel to be in this school? How do our classrooms feel? Are they welcoming? Do you feel threatened? Do you feel encouraged? All of those 
uh, kinds of questions can't necessarily be answered in, in some sort of score. It, it just, it, it pays to, to hear directly from members of the school community. And so we, we always undertake a, a diagnostic process before we work with a client. And in that diagnostic process, have you ever questioned or, or found a need to question the concern that students may not be authentic with their answers or teachers may be fearful of their responses? I think you said that it was anonymous. Is, is that for everything it, that you do? It, it is anonymous, but I think there is always a, a question of whether or not you are getting the, the most reliable data. For example, if if teachers actually take the survey in a large audience in front of other teachers and they're actually talking to one another, then it would be logical for some teachers in that context to not feel uh, the privacy we want for them to have while taking the survey. We really want them to have a chance to think about their answers and not feel forced into thinking one way or another. Sometimes when school districts know that we've been hired uh, to help the school improve, they want to give us the best or what they feel is the best answer. And what they feel is the best answer might not be the answer we need to help them improve. So having them feel comfortable sharing information with us is crucial. And there are times where we uh, we may feel like we're not getting the most authentic answer. That's why we, we triangulate our data. We look at what we see during classroom visits, what we observe in hallways and cafeterias. We look at, look at your quantitative measures, and we also look at the qualitative measures, like what people said during focus groups, comments they make, um, interviews that we may have one-on-one informally. All of that goes into um, helping us to diagnose where the school is at a given time. Do you think, honestly, that in terms of students, that they feel more comfortable with it being anonymous? Or do you really think that they would feel comfortable with being able to let you know that it's their voice that's being spoken? Um, I, I think I think depending on the school culture, Rodney, uh, both could work. I think anonymity is good uh, because there there are times where students want to tell you something and they really want you to know it's them. But what they have to tell you to them feels so uh, disturbing, um, in some cases so embarrassing, that they are reluctant to to share with you who they are when they're sharing the information. So having an anonymous map or, or route to sharing information is important. But also um, in our focus groups, for example, if we're working with a group of students in a grade level who know each other, who were, they were in the previous grade together. They're gonna to be in the next grade together. They feel um, comfortable around each other. If we're doing a focus group, then we found that those focus groups are a lot more open and honest because the kids feel comfortable. But if you have, for example, ninth graders and 12th graders in the same room, sometimes those ninth graders might be a bit reluctant to share how they feel about certain things in front of seniors. So the trust of the group is is very important. But I have seen in my uh, 30 years in education, I've seen instances where anonymity is, is important, especially to get a conversation started, to get information shared. But if trust 
if trust is there, then eventually we're going to know who the students are. We're going to know specifically how they are struggling and ultimately how we can help them through whatever situation they're dealing with. Moving forward into technology and, and where technology is heading, how do you see that working alongside assessing, making the processes easier, um, maybe creating a safer environment for, for people to feel authentic with their thoughts um, and the challenges and solutions that technology may, may resolve? Uh, for the last eight months or so, I've been doing a deep dive into how um, AI can assist us in doing our jobs even better, more efficiently. And I am a fan. I think uh, the ability to have larger data sets, to be able to really hone in on very specific themes that you might find in in your data analysis, your qualitative data analysis that might take hours. Well, now we can find those themes a lot quicker uh, using specific tools. So I, I actually think that, that we're headed toward uh, a time where we're going to be able to um, address issues in schools uh, more efficiently, uh, much faster, and much more effectively. It will take time because, as you know, change takes time, and there are some who are a bit reluctant to use uh, new data collection tools. But um, I've found that data collection tools are quite helpful if deployed effectively, and they really do help us as a company address the specific needs of a school. Now, in regards to teacher and student perceptions, um, I've been doing studies on how to really understand the perceptions of the authentic perceptions of teachers and students. And if you can just touch a little bit on why that may be important um, to really understand, I guess, more of a deeper dive. You mentioned the connection and trust is important, but how is that connection made for understanding their perception and why would that be valuable? Well, I I think understanding how teachers, students, members of the school community feel uh, give us something that I mentioned before, context. Like, how does it feel to walk into this building every day that we call to call a school? Um, there's a, a a gentleman named John Hattie who's done extensive work on effect size. And he suggests to us that uh, a student's disposition has an effect size of 0.61. Well, that's extreme on an effect size scale. That means the way a student feels about walking into the building, how they feel going class to class, whether or not they've been bullied, whether or not they're supported by the adults in the building, how the adults feel when they show up in the building every day. All of those things establish context in the building. And so I suggest that not just the students' dispositions, but the teachers, the staff members' disposition matter also. And if we know how you truly feel, then we can address those needs very effectively. It's almost like you you wouldn't want to lie to your medical doctor and say that your left knee doesn't hurt when it does hurt. (laughs) So, I mean, the only way our company can help a school is if we find out what the needs are. So um, hearing the perceptions of um, teachers and students is the only way we can get um, a trustworthy diagnostic of where the school is. That's great information. 
That is great information, Dr. Hodge. Thank you so much for taking time out with us um, to, to give us your understanding and insight and, and knowledge on on the importance of collecting data and, and teacher and student perceptions. Um, one last question. What is it that you think would redirect, would help redirect education in the United States? In terms of being more receptive to yes. the use of data collection tools, mm-hmm. uh, hearing more about how these data tools have been used effectively to improve student outcomes is the, is the way to go. I mean, we got to publish. You know, we've, we've got to be in peer-reviewed um, um, magazines, periodicals, journals to let people know that this is really working. Um, because the one good thing you find in schools are people who really do want to help children. And if you give us tools that will allow us to do that more effectively, you're not going to have to do a lot of yelling and screaming to convince us to adopt. We're going to adopt. And that's one of the reasons why I'm so excited about your tool, Assesto, because it's going to give us a clearer snapshot of the context of day-to-day work in a building. And I think that that's going to be a really good thing for us moving forward. Dr. Hodge, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me and, and best wishes to you.